You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us out all on Twitter, at Walker Mail, at Nada the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms, at Locked On Hornets. And we will go to the guest line now, as we do every single Tuesday, and bring on Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer. You can find his work on his Twitter handle, at Rick underscore Bennell. Rick, thanks as always, man. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well, Rick. The Charlotte Hornets, not so much. You look at this past weekend that they played basketball against the New York Knicks and against the Lakers. You go to halftime in that Knicks game, and you're thinking all is well, and then the second half happens, Rick, and then that seems like they invent this new thing called a zone defense, and the Charlotte Hornets just <laughs> don't know how to attack it, and everything goes to shambles after that. They don't know how to attack it. They lose that one, and the way they lost to the Lakers, maybe not the fact that they did lose to them, on the second night of a back-to-back but that game was deceivingly close even at the end of the first half and then eventually became almost a 30-point game Rick what happened this weekend with the Charlotte Hornets and their bad loss to the Knicks and just the bad way they lost against the Lakers you know Walker if you if you look it up on Wikipedia uh, the first line in David Fisdale's biography is father <laughs> of the zone defense. That's right. It'll, he'll be known for that forever against the Hornets. I, I hate we had to be the guinea pig for that. Such a science experiment. <laughs> I found it um, <laughs> I found it a little troubling that they were, you know, talking in such detail about how they had spent so little time preparing for the zone that it you know, that it totally threw them for a massive loop, and that that's why they gave up a 21-point lead. Um, that you know, I, I, I always appreciate transparency and candor from the people I cover, but <laughs> that was almost too much. Um, that was an inexcusable game. Uh, they and you know, Walker. In that regard, I mean, they have now done a tour of the bottom feeders of the Eastern Conference, and. It was bad enough that you'd already lost to the Hawks and the Cavaliers and the Bulls, but at least you lost all those games on the road. Um, they had been a dramatically better team um, uh, at home, and for them to blow that large a lead in the first game of a back-to-back the way they did, uh, those are the kind of games that um, when you either don't make the playoffs in April or you miss out on a significant improvement on your seating. Uh, those are the games that you look back on and think, what in the hell was that about? Rick, you mentioned, again, we, we discussed this zone and why it was inexcusable for them to not be as prepared. Do you put that, how much of that do you put on James Borrego? How much do you put that on the players? And just how do you divvy up the responsibility? Uh, I mean, I, I, I just think that you know, 30 games into an NBA season, um, yes, it is very true that you have very limited um, practice opportunities during the season. I don't think that's an excuse for looking completely discombobulated about a strategy that people have been using, you know, for 60, 70 years. I mean, you know, you know I'm a Syracuse grad, um, you know, Bayheim's two three zone, it's it's not a real new concept. Um I just 
you know, it was it was an act of desperation on the part of the Knicks. They were getting blown out. They've been a bad team. Um, Fizz just kind of looked up and said, "Let's try to muck this thing up." And it should not the the look of um, shock and panic. That's not acceptable. Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer joining us here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. And Rick, you mentioned there that they have now gone all across the bottom of the Eastern Conference and lost to all of those teams, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Bulls, and the Hawks. And you mentioned at least the three of the losses were on the road, but this one against the Knicks, it was at home. Rick, why, why are the Hornets a team that are able to knock off some of the better teams in the Eastern Conference? Why have they gone uh, all four of those opponents. Why have they lost to all four of them here this season? What's going on? I think, um, you know, JB has said this on multiple occasions, and I don't think it's an excuse. I think it's an acknowledgement of, of the truth. He says that their margin for error is very small, that there are teams who, through their collective talent, can afford not to play their A game and still win. Um, the Hornets are going to are going to win very few games this season when they're not on, you know, their game, and so that means that, you know, they're they're capable of beating the Rockets, and they're also capable of losing to anybody. Um, what I find troubling about that is, and I know it sounds like you know I bring this up all the time, but by the nature of their schedule being so front loaded with home games. They can't afford to squander a lot. And by, you know, after New Year's Eve when they play the Magic, they will have used up half their home games. Um, they've got to get themselves some kind of a cushion because let me tell you something. I think they play, what is it, 11 of, uh, of 14 or 15 in January on the road with. The All-Star game being here where you have to vacate your arena for a week before the event with uh, the CIAA here, with the ACC tournament here, there are not an awful lot of opportunities to play catch-up later this season. Rick Kimball Walker has been in just a massive slump since the 60 and 43 point games that he took part of in the month uh, in the month of November. And then you look at what he's been doing since then. I mean, he has been remarkably inefficient. And you look at just a ton of games under 40 percent, hasn't shot above 40 percent in the entire month of December. Rick, is is fatigue the biggest factor in seeing Kimba go through this slump or do you tab it up to something else? I wish I could get somebody to give me an answer on that that I bought. Um, you ask Borrego that, and he says, I don't know. You ask Kemba that, and he gives you this, no, 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 no. Um, I think that Kemba is wired, and this is admirable not to make excuses. But, you know, sometimes you have to look at, at things by people's behavior, not by what they say. I, You know, Kemba, to me, looks tired. And more importantly than that, I found it really interesting that Varego chose not to practice them on either Sunday or Monday. They have, they, you know, they're four, you don't get a lot of three-day breaks between games. This is one of them. Um, normally what you do in that situation is you give them the first day after a back-to-back game off. You may have a really hard practice in the middle day, and then you lighten up practice the last day. I find it interesting that um, he chose not only to have them off Sunday, but also to have them off Monday. 
Uh, that says to me, in a, you know, for a guy who was tutored in how to do this by Greg Popovich, that he is more concerned at this point with their physical and mental freshness um, than he is by anything else, and that may be warranted. Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And finally, Rick, just another name that was thrown out there that could potentially be on the trade block. It is Jabari Parker for the Chicago Bulls after he's kind of fallen out of the rotation there. Should the Hornets have any interest whatsoever, and how much do you think should be held on their part? Can I do my best Bobby Marks imitation for you? Sure, I would love to hear it. <laughs> um, if you have invested a lottery pick... In a six foot seven inch guy in Miles Bridges, who who can play both uh, small forward and power forward for you, and you're paying you're fortunate enough in that situation that you're going to pay him a depressed salary on the rookie scale for the next several years. I don't know why you would get in the way of the development of that particular player with a guy in Jabari Parker who is the same size. The same positions, um, I think that, you know, and, and you'd be paying him $20 million a year. I always understand why when high-profile people, particularly high-profile people who, you know, played college ball in this state, I understand why people are curious about that. But, gosh, I just think that it, from, from a cost-effectiveness standpoint, I think that, you know, absorbing Jabari Parker would be a really – odd and awkward thing to do I think that would would you not agree with me that that would do nothing but get in the way of Miles Bridges hey, Rick I don't want the contract I, that that's how it is with me and I, yeah. I, would agree, I would agree with you you know I, I think that I would like to see Miles Bridges play and the fact that we talked about this already it's not like you're sacrificing wins at the expense of him playing it's a very good relationship in that regard of Miles is getting minutes and you know, maybe the last couple of games you lost but I, I don't think you look at Miles as the reason for that and so I, I think that's perfect and then I just don't want the contract Rick and I think that's what it comes down to to me. Um, the only way I think they would consider that is if um, is if the Bulls were willing to, as, and basically a salary dump. You know, he's he's got this season, and then he's got a team option for next season. And and as expensive as he is this season, I think the only reason you do that is if if the Bulls were willing to take on some long term financial obligation from you. In return, and and I don't, I have absolutely no idea why the Bulls would be interested in doing that. Right. I mean, if they're looking to go young for the future, then it doesn't make sense, especially with a couple of years locked up and and any of the I would think pieces that we would have to send them in return. I'm with you, Rick. I think uh, you just let Miles play and you continue to develop him, and you don't have to bring on all that money. We appreciate Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Rick underscore Bennell. Rick, thanks as always, man. We always appreciate it. Absolutely, Walker. Have you a great day. You too. Thanks once again. It's the season of giving. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support by joining our Patreon page for as little as $1 a month, just $1. You'll be supporting the content that you depend on. Patreon.com slash LOH. Again, it's Patreon.com slash LOH. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. How strong is an ox? Are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. You can I wonder if there's anything on the internet. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. You know, sometime last week I said it's a nice change of pace to come on the Locked on Hornets podcast and discuss the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, that was after a Nuggets win and a three-game winning streak because it got me, it gave me a chance to get away from the Carolina Panthers takes. And now I, I'm happy to get away from all the hot cam takes that are going on right now yes. and the hot Carolina Panthers takes. But then I have to come here and talk Charlotte Hornets basketball after an awful weekend of Charlotte Hornets basketball. Poor you. I, I have to, Poor Charlotte you. sports is not in a good place as we speak. It's not, but at least with the cam takes, you can say, well, there is this possible injury floating around with Kimball Walker and his performance in December. How can you explain that? And we talked about that with Rick. I asked him if fatigue is a legitimate excuse. And I I wonder just how long we can go before Kimball Walker is excused fully by the fatigue because guys are stepping up around him right now. I mean, yes. you you see Cody Zeller's had a couple of games where he's given you some offensive output. Marvin Williams has been a lot better in the last month of the season. And, and December has been no different than November. I mean, he's shooting the ball very well, over 40% from three in the last two months. People are stepping up. Nick Batum had a good game against the New York Knicks. Hey, pe- people are stepping up. I don't know if the fatigue excuse can be can just completely void Kemba of any responsibility here oh, lately. No, yes, it- yeah, we can kind of yet yeah, say Kem- Kemba's got a point where he's going to be like, "Look, I showed up for the first two months. Where the re- where were the hell were the rest of you losers and bums?" <laughs> like he can at- he can legitimately say, "Y'all are just catching up. I've been here." So I'm going to give him another. Maybe another week, maybe another two weeks. Hell, I might even give him until January if he stays on the roster that long. Is that what he can say, Nada, or is that what you would say? I, I think we need to differentiate <laughs> you bums. those two. Yeah, you bums. <laughs> you guys are just catching up. I think if hey, I think if you're a star player, if you're a superstar player, you don't get a month off. I mean, am I crazy? Do we give that kind of leeway to LeBron James, to Kevin Durant, to John Wall? I mean, no, you expect these players Wait, we care about John Wall? Well, just the top play, the top, you know, one of the top point guards in the league. We don't, we don't give the that to Kyrie Irving. We don't give that to to any of these other players. So I don't think Kimba Walker should be let off the hook. Yeah, you, know, you look at minutes per game as well. You know, Kimba's logging about thirty four point seven minutes per game, and you look at some of these other guys that are logging more than him. I mean, that puts Kimba tied for fifteenth with some guys, and there, you know, Kawhi Leonard will get rest every now and then, but other than that, everybody's at least logged twenty six games on the season so far that are averaging more minutes or maybe a couple than Kimba. And I, this doesn't mean that nobody likes Kimba. This doesn't mean that Kimba's not a sensational basketball player. It just means this is a long time where Kimba has been extremely inefficient. Now, there have been a fourth quarter or two that he's shown mm-hmm. up for in Detroit. amidst this slump. Detroit is a perfect example where they don't win that game unless he shows up the way he did in that fourth quarter. But shooting under 40% for this long now, I mean, there hasn't the entire month of December, the guy has not had one game. Yeah. One game where he shot over 40%. And so while all these other guys are actually producing a little bit, you know, Nick Batum has still been inconsistent, but when you're getting these role players to actually step up in the way that they can, you know, Kimba, th- this is a Hornets team that needs Kimba to be way more efficient than what he's letting on right now. He does, and unfortunately, I think it's a combination of fatigue. It's a combination of being the guy that you're only worried about stopping. 
at some point you're going to have to break through that tape, break through that film, break through that defense, and start being effective again because if not, he's not going to be here much longer. At least he's not celebrating first downs, am I right? (laughs) This is right. Too soon, Doug. Too soon. It hurts. It still stings. Look, if you're going to play badly, act like it. I want (laughs) you to be sad. I I want to get away from I had somebody call in today that said Cam cares more about his brand than winning football games because of that very move because losing football games certainly helps his brand. Right. That's that's the very point. God, I love it. I, I love sports talk radio in that regard. I don't miss it at all <laughs> I can imagine why can we talk about what you, what you and Rick talked about in terms of the zone defense sure. and and who's uh, who, you know we always we love to assign blame right so whose fault is it is it the player's fault or is it the the coach's fault what did you what did you think of his answer well it I don't think that Rick was op- overly emphatic about it is strictly the coach's fault it's strictly the players it even give me the answer of well I think it's a little of both he just was more astonished at the fact that they were not prepared for this I think if you had to read between the lines and and really put your get your magnifying glass out and look for what he meant I'd probably go for the coaches I think that's what he meant more so than the players which I think I can agree with I mean for you to not and, and the one thing he said before that <laughs> which I want to go back to was he said I appreciate how and people's uh, people being candid with me and people being open with their answers and I always appreciate with, appreciate that with whoever I'm interviewing. Maybe not so much in that regard where Borrego openly admitted that we just weren't prepared for the zone. We hadn't been working on it the last couple of months. And so, yeah, maybe that's something you don't want to leave out there if you're Coach Borrego. And that was something Rick mentioned. It's it's crazy that a zone defense can cripple. An NBA offense in today's day and age where you have a sheer look of panic on your face and you don't know what to do. Yeah, now that that's the thing. That was that's the craziest part. And the funny thing is, for me at least, now granted, I might have been on a date and I missed the second half of this collapse. Okay, here we go. All righty. All right. Yeah, give us your analysis. How was the cheesecake factory? Is oh. that where you went? Oh, good God, no. No. <laughs> Hot topic. How was the zone, right, zone defense there? That was a that zone defense right there, but. Hey, was you your have... dad playing zone defense? <laughs> Not to throw up a couple bricks. All right, go ahead, Nana. Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs> How dare you? You uncultured savage trying to interrupt my analysis right now. But they, but back to, back to the game. If you have a couple of centers that are zone busters, though. And I think that's the issue that I have. You have guys that can just literally sit there, park, hit the 15-footer, call it a day, and make it make that zone cause havoc within that zone. And you can do a whole bunch of stuff. And the fact that, that wasn't able, you weren't able to do that, it's kind of sad. I, I don't think – it wasn't the fact that they were missing shots. It was the fact that, to me – the, the offense didn't seem to to have a plan. It did not. It seemed to hesitate a lot. No one really knew exactly what they wanted to do with the basketball. And I think that made it readily apparent that they had not prepared for what what the Knicks were throwing out. It wasn't just the fourth quarter. I mean, the Knicks had given them hints that they were going to do this in the second quarter. So you had a chance at halftime to make some adjustments, and the Hornets didn't do it. And I and, and Walker, I think back to when uh, Steve Clifford missed some time last year and you had to have Steven Silas step up and take charge of the team. When when Steve Clifford got back, he commended Steven Silas on the job that he had done and mentioned that in the NBA, you can lose the confidence of a locker room. You can lose the confidence of players if you, if you don't have an answer for what the opposing team is doing to you on the court. And if you, if you do that a couple of times, suddenly players start to say, well, look, I, I don't... I don't have confidence in the coaching staff that they have the right plan, 
So I'm just going to go out and do what I want to do. And that's when a locker room breaks down, probably what happened in Chicago. And I think it's something to keep an eye on here if if they continue to run into these situations where they should be prepared for something and aren't. And you can't keep losing to these bottom-dweller teams. That has to stop right now, especially if you're going to be a postseason team. Because, again, talking with Rick about this, he did give the the excuse that at least the other ones were on the road. If you were looking for anything that made that somewhat excusable, at least it didn't happen at the Spectrum Center. But this one did. This one against the New York Knicks, you had had an opportunity to get past a three-game winning streak. You had them to a 20-point deficit at one point, 21, I think, mm-hmm. was at its max, and you didn't find a way to put that one away. And this zone defense, this uh, this science experiment that David Fisdale put out there, this zone defense crippled you so much that you were unable to beat the New York Knicks, a team that you had beaten earlier this season. It, it's it's troubling when you look at it. And then you go to the L.A. Lakers game you on Saturday. You knew they were losing that. It, sure, fine. Not by 28. Like, not no, by 20. No, 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 Walker. You not knew by, they- not by twenty eight points, not a no. And you think that you think that effort was cool from them? Yeah, there's a schedule loss, and then there's what whatever that there's was. embarrassing. That was a schedule embarrassment. It was embarrassment. I I didn't think that was a scheduled embarrassment. I think honestly, I don't think it was a scheduled embarrassment until they went into overtime with the Knicks. Once that game went to overtime, like any expectations of them being competitive? Now they died. got beat by twenty eight points. I know you can't. That I'm not. I'm not cool with that. Like I can't be cool with a Charlotte Hornets team that even at home, by the way, which is different than a road back to back or at least taking a trip from the road to back home. Like it's different if you're playing both of these games at home. You just lost to the Knicks. I almost think that's more of an excuse to try to find a way to win the improbable game against the Lakers in the second night of a back to back. Here's the here's my one thing that I would say. I I Kind there of, it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> I need some imaging for this. The one thing the not one I will thing, say. The one thing. And then maybe I'll be done for the rest of the show. I haven't figured it out. All right. <laughs> but I think the bigger question that you should ask is, there have been points in time so far in this homestand where they Hornets have, quite frankly, shit the bed. Detroit, they did it in the third quarter. And granted, Kemba got them out of that hole. The Knicks, they did that in the, basically the entire second half. They didn't even show up for the Laker game. That's a consistent problem well, that I think. Right, which I, I'm not saying any of those quarters that they're taking off are free of criticism. I'm saying that this game is certainly not free of criticism. To get embarrassed like that against LeBron James and company, that's a real problem to me. And it should be to them, and it should be, honestly, to everybody else watching. At least they don't treat their shoes like coloring books. <laughs> Caring more about their brand than... Wins and losses. <laughs> R.I.P. Your mentions, Doug. Mm-hmm. Yes, R.I.P. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. The Locked On Podcast Network is doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, follow at Locked On NBA Net, and you get all of the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NBA team on one feed. It's amazing during games when they're breaking news, and you can get the local perspective. On Instagram, Locked On NBA Net is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories and longer cuts on the biggest stories in the feeds. Make sure you follow Locked On NBA Net on both Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back. Michael Jordan did the wobble. That's it. It's Locked On Hornets <laughs> here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. We don't want that Pacers talk here. You got to respect the satchel. We don't want that Cavs talk. <laughs> what you got, Doug? I have the entirety. 
I turned this satchel a little loud today. <laughs> it's, Be quiet, satchel. No, we're ba- it's a club banging in here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So I found out something new today. What did you find out? On Twitter, I found out that Cardi B can't drive, apparently. Was this a known thing? Have you seen this? She's... I I don't know how to put this. I don't know how to put this without getting in trouble. But she's a New Yorker. (laughs) She's a lifelong New Yorker. She's probably not known how to drive. You don't really need to know how to drive. You have taxis. You have subways. You have dollar cabs. You have Uber. You really don't need to know how to drive in New York. So... In a altered version of, I think, Carpool Karaoke that James Corden does, and yes. it's, it's it's hilarious, right? They had that one viral video with Migos, which happens to be obviously including Offset. And Cardi mm-hmm. and Offset have some interesting things going on right now. Can, can, oh. I, can, I, can I stop What's you What's going on sure, there? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Cardi and Offset, let, fellas, take this lesson to heart. Do not show up at your girl's place of employment coming and begging for forgiveness if you have messed up. Stay away from the place of employment. Do not embarrass her in public. I promise you, you will live at least. Yeah, learn that on Friends. You know, Ross, a little too right. overbearing. No, at Rachel's work never yeah. works out. That's right. And you know, maybe they can just settle this over some frozen yogurt or something. But really, they can't because Rachel is having a real big issue with Ross being so invasive. Offset needs to be off our set. He, he needs exactly. to be off, off her set, right. He, he does need to be. I want a segment, by the way, of Nada's dating advice, if we could pick that up, because it seems like we've had like a couple it. of drops. Nada just tried to give us some right there. Also, he mentioned he was on a date this weekend. Mm-hmm. I want a segment of Nada's dating advice. Would you be down for that? I'm totally down with that. All right, thank you very much. Yes, Nada playing the love doc- doctor here on the Locked On Hornets Put podcast. Put it in your Patreon. Yeah, I, so, I might have some questions. I, you so might just ask. watching Cardi drive, by the way, watching like she's running over all of of the cones and James Corden is effectively he is the driving instructor and it's it's hilarious to see Cardi B she can't drive it's in a Range Rover of course it's this damn nice car (laughs) and she's running over cones all over the place she can't weave in and out of the flags she backed up and hit a camera that was filming the whole thing it was chaos within the parking lot set up as an obstacle course but I think you would be surprised at how many stars don't know how to drive true that badly? Maybe I would be. I guess it I think so. And I get the whole I don't New think York Tom thing. Hanks knows how to drive. You don't think Tom Hanks knows how to drive? I don't think Tom Hanks has ever driven a vehicle. Tom Hanks knows how to drive. I don't think Tom Hanks knows how to drive. There has to be some of Maybe with a green screen behind him and the car, you know, still mo- <laughs> stationary not moving. Driving. Yeah. So I mean, is there an age limit? He knows how to like he knows how to fake, you know, do the wheel left and right. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that there's an age limit here? Do you think the older Actors and actresses know how to drive because Tom Hanks is up there. I would imagine Denzel. I'm pretty sure Denzel doesn't know how to to drive. See, I man, I think you guys aren't giving actors and actresses enough credit. I think I think they at least know how to drive. They can. You're saying they can go to the gas station just a mile down the road in a in a semi traffic. Why? I think they can. Why? Because get they get money, Walker. They get money. Okay, I got it. Making money. <laughs> they, they, they're making money. I get it. I just think that they're able to drive at least somehow. But nevertheless, Cardi B, it's pretty hilarious to see what Cardi B was not able to do with James Corden. Some other hilarious things that I learned over the weekend is that Michael Jordan still likes to get down with the young boys. And he likes to party with Devontae Graham and Dwayne Bacon. 
We saw we saw this music video, mm-hmm. this video at least, not music video. That'd be hilarious. there was music in the video. there was music in the video of him at the club, <laughs> and I realized that maybe I shouldn't word it as Michael Jordan still likes to get down with the young boys. Maybe that was not the no, correct way no. to lead Could into that situation. Said that a little bit. Differently. That's that's not the way I want to lead into this. But mm-hmm. what I will say is that he likes to party with some of the younger players on mm-hmm. the roster of the team that he owns. Maybe that's a little bit more clear for everybody. Dwayne Bacon and Devontae Graham and Michael Jordan all at the club. Is it Dwayne Bacon? It's not the video? club though. It's not the club. Oh, where is it? That's actually the Hornets Christmas party. Oh, out. that makes it better almost. It yeah, wherever it was, it was set up like a club. It was a club setting. But yes, it, was, it, it seemed to be the Hornets Christmas party. So yeah, that's a pretty fun work Christmas party to go to. No, it's, it's a very lit Christmas party. And Michael Jordan is seen in that video doing the wobble with a cigar hanging out of his mouth. And Dwayne Bacon and Devontae Graham make a couple of cameos within that video. Yes, exactly. Hilarious to me to see Michael Jordan dancing to the wobble, everybody's favorite 7th and 8th grade music dance song. This is great. I'm looking up the lyrics right now for Wobble by V-I-C. Don't know what that stands for, (laughs) V-I-C. Wobble baby, wobble baby, wobble baby, wobble. Get in there, yeah, yeah. A big girl, make them back it up. Make them back it up. I got them shaking their boobies like Congos. (laughs) Man, I'm shaking the city like Quakes. The haters blew the face like Gonzo because I'm raking a cake. So let's bake. I had no clue that those some of those lyrics were included in there. Wow. I don't think you can ever. I couldn't have sang the song if if I was asked to. But everybody knows the wobble. Everybody knows the wobble. I didn't know it had lyrics. I didn't pay attention to the lyrics. I mean, I knew it had lyrics. I just wasn't able to decipher it. Wait, 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 Walker. Since when do you care about the lyrics when you hear the wobble in the club? I don't. I have. I don't care at all. But it's hilarious to see that those were the type of lyrics that were being said. There the are a lot of lyrics to this song. I'm surprised at just how many lyrics there are to this song. Is it all the same, though? It all repeats, I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's a lot of, that's what I'm saying. It's a lot of original lyrics. It's not uh, how (laughs) songs are structured these days. I could dance, homie. I don't two-step. Y'all looking at something like a true player. A girl told me that a man could dance. Mike could possibly get down with the tool in his pants. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Interesting. This is a dirty song. It is a dirty song. This song is played at every family wedding I've ever been to. Every single wedding. This song is, this song is absurd. This is the song that and the cha, that the cha cha slide and the electric slide are what all the white people get out there and feel that they're comfortable enough dancing to whether they're right or wrong. No, they're generally wrong. They're generally wrong, but they feel comfortable at least putting themselves out there dancing to those songs and everything else is not. But if they heard the lyrics, I bet that would change a lot of different, uh, change a lot of opinions. It probably would. But at the same time, we start looking at the electric slide and this is how I can tell, I can give you the perfect secret. I can tell y'all exactly when you know how you can get down on the electric. Give us some dating advice. If you're on a date and you're at a wedding and this song or one of those songs comes on, Nada, what do we need to do? Depends. How good is your footwork? Because if you got like the footwork like Al Jefferson, yeah, go on out there and go dance. <laughs> but if you got the Bismo Bismack Biombo footwork and mm. the hands too to, to go with it, stay off and say it. Again, get your two step on, slide to the left, slide to the right. Mm. No crisscross though. No, you can't cr- so you can only do a certain slide thing. Slide to the left. So you have to just take that out. If, yeah, you if, gotta tie you got you gotta titrate it. So no Charlie Brown in either. No, you can't do any of that. So no. anything that involves more than just sliding to the left or sliding to the right. Follow basic instructions. This reminds me of Hitch, where he's teaching Kevin James 
to just move side to side with your hands at your hips. And, exactly. And don't bite your lip. The tight again, the two step and the spin, the two step and the occasional <laughs> spin, that's like peanut butter and jelly. And even for you, Walker, grape jelly. That's what this is. All right. Thank you very much. I like when grape jelly gets a shout out. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow on a Wednesday. Wednesday.